Talk with Ben Tompkins, presented by Four Roses. Hey, how you doing, everybody? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins, and I feel a year older and wiser now. Not that I necessarily am, but that's how I feel. You know, I just celebrated my 28th birthday, and thank you to those who reached out, sent me notes, called me. I love it. That stuff was awesome. Uh, certainly know how to make a guy feel special. And uh, everybody that, that wrote on my wall, on Facebook and stuff like that, you know, thank you. Thank you, seriously, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, guys. Um, it was a good birthday. I turned 28, and that was earlier uh, last week, I suppose. But um, it was, uh, I actually, actually had a Friday birthday. I mean, that doesn't really happen very often. And you know what I did Friday for my birthday? I, a friend of mine came over that we, we just, we've always been big movie fans, so we always just watch movies and He's one of those friends, B. Holmes, that I can sit in a room with and literally we don't have to talk. We don't have to even acknowledge each other that, that we're there. We can just sit in a room, watch a movie, and when it's over, it's like, oh, that was good. All right, see ya. And it's not always like that, but, but that's the kind of friendship that we have sometimes is that we, we don't have to, you know, oh, look at this. And, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, hey, let's just sit in a room, chill. Uh, you're here. I'm here. It's great. So that's how I, I kind of. You know, you get older, and especially with COVID and everything like that. I mean, you know, I, it's not like I could fly out to Vegas for my birthday, even though I want to, right? Um, but I, I did what I could. Now, that was Friday night, but Saturday, I actually had a group of, you know, uh, I don't know, 10 people, whatever, and we went over to my friend Lindsay's house, and we played Boom. The greatest game ever invented, by the way. It's, uh, I'm just like, it, I'm a very, listen. I'm a very competitive person. I'm a very competitive person. Okay, and Boom is the one game that I I, I can have been known to get a little carried away from time to time. All right, and there was a there was a dude. I I don't know if you saw this or not. It was up on my uh, Instagram story where um, this this dude was sitting in a lawn chair out by the pool, just like shaking because. This dumbass. Okay, boom is played. It's supposed to be played with beer or white cloths, right? Something that you can easily just, you know, throw it down, gulp of it, whatever. If you start putting in, like, I wouldn't play boom with four roses bourbon or vodka because then you can kind of get a little out of hand if you're drinking and pulling a lot of cups and you're getting stacked and boom, 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 boom. That adds up, my friend. That's not uh, mellow or smooth, okay? But the guy that was on that story, was had brought a jar of moonshine of apple like moonshine and was playing boom with moonshine and obviously got stacked stacked his ass and put him in the coffin and <laughs> by the end of it that was the video of him sitting there in the chair shaking he looked like i don't even know what he looked like he looked like he was having a, a nervous fucking breakdown or something it was kind of scary but um that was how i spent that was how i celebrated my birthday really i mean i went to lunch with my family, my mom and my brother and my sister and I, and um, like I said, Joe was up here, so that was good to hang out with him. Hadn't seen him in a while. Got to see a lot of my friends over the weekend and talk to people on the phone, FaceTime, Max and Allison, FaceTime. That was really cool. Um, so I feel a year older and wiser, but I'm still right back on that bullshit, baby. You feel me? Hey, um, I. other than that, uh, you know, Billions midseason finale. <sighs> Billions, I was really a fan of Billions for about three years. Last season was kind of like, 
Am I really still with this? And this season, this, this shit is whack. This this is just, it's awful. There's no way around it. I, I just, I don't even know what we're doing anymore with the show. Five years in. Um, you know, I feel like some shows, like n- not every show is meant to be dragged on for seven or eight seasons, right? Shows that have that lasting power like Mad Men and The Sopranos. Oh, A, they're some of the greatest shows of all time. But B, I feel like when shows try to, they're like, okay, we've had one or two seasons of success. Now let's write the characters out with these big five, six, seven, eight season plot lines. And it's like, dude, no one cares anymore. Like, case in point, 13 Reasons Why, season one, pretty good. Now it's in season three. I stopped giving a shit last season. It's just like, don't try to be the next Simpsons, right? Don't try to be the next 15 seasons strong. Just if you've got a good show that people like, maybe think about, and I know it's crazy to not want to drag it out and make a lot of money off of it, but I feel like you would be much more appreciated if it was just, you know, one to three seasons of just really strong content instead of trying to get it out to six and seven and stretch it out and we got to sell merchandise and like, look, Freaks and Geeks, people love Freaks and Geeks. It was on for one year, you know? Some of these shows that really have lasting power they're only on for one year. Not every show could be friends. Not every show could be friends. And I'm watching Billions five seasons in going, man, this show really sucks now. And I hate to say that because I really used to love that show. That's the T. All right. Now, I want to shift gears because as I said, not last podcast, that was the replayables with Garrett Bricker. We did graduation. Go back and listen to that. Uh, I just taped another one with my friend Kristen Smith. That's going to be dropping next week. We broke down. She went to school at Florida State University, is a huge T-Pain fan. And so we broke down T-Pain's epiphany, which, to be honest, is it a replayable? It's got seven or eight. It's got seven. Uh, Let's say six. It's got six really fucking strong songs. But then you start to get through some of the other ones, and you're like, okay, skip, skip, skip. But it was really fun. We broke down that project. I've got that dropping next week. I'm going to be gone next week. My girlfriend is turning, <laughs> you sickos, she's turning 23, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older, that's fine, okay? Uh, call me daddy. And then we are going out to Sedona, and we're going to go see the Grand Canyon, and we're going to go see Horseshoe Bend, and we are driving, and we're going to take about a week, and just, I've never been to the Southwest. I've been really all over this country, but the Southwest is somewhere that I've never been before. I've never been to Arizona or New Mexico. Um, I love Vegas, obviously California, and that's that's West Coast, right? Um, I've been to Texas, I've been to New York, I've been to Florida, I've been all over the Midwest, um, but I've never been to the Southwest. That's a region of this the country that I've just never been to. So I'm really excited. Uh, Horseshoe Bend is literally, uh, you know, I have this bucket list um, that I keep in my phone, right? And Horseshoe Bend and and like waking up to see a sunrise at the Grand Canyon is on my bucket list. And I'm really excited about the fact that I'm going to be able to cross those things off the bucket list. Um, because I don't know, like I, I, you know, I wouldn't just pick up and go to the Grand Canyon if it was just me. Like I would want to go somewhere else. I would want to go to Europe or I would want to go to California again, go back to the Bay or do some other trip, right? Somewhere that I'd never been before. And I have never been to the Grand Canyon. But that's just like something that I probably wouldn't just be like, you know what, I'm going to spend the next trip on Grand Canyon. But since it's her trip, and since she was so kind to invite me, and I'm going with her, 
then I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, I'm fucking hyped to see the Grand Canyon. So that's what I got coming up. Anyways, focus, you ADHD fuck. Back to what I was saying on two podcasts ago, okay? The kind of the tell-all, which was uh, a lot of people listen to that. Great. I hope you'll continue listening, all right? Leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or also on Spotify. I'm on social media at BennyTomp18. But the reason I say that is because I said at that time in that podcast, I'm going to be doing a lot more Uber stories. And this is something that, um, you know, I, I have, honestly, I'm good at, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm decent at sports. I'm good at sports, right? A really strong college football content. But right now, in the absence of sports, and also, I mean, I, what, what do I really want to do moving forward? Like, was I really doing the show that I wanted to do? Am I doing the podcast that I want to do? I am now. And that's because, uh, like I said, I'm driving for Uber full time. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm not, you know, making 100 G's a year or anything like that. But I will say this, I made in a week more than what I was making in any given month uh, at my last place. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm meeting a lot of new people and they're telling me some really great stories. And so it's time to jump into some Uber stories. Uh, right before we do, actually, what a vicious plug. I have to plug uh, my friend Brian Jones and his company Roots and Jones. I just got a pin. It was delivered to me. I opened the box today and it's beautiful. This thing is so nicely made. It's top-notch, dude. It's A+, plus, 10 out of 10. He makes these with his grandfather. If you're thinking about what should I get dad for Father's Day, it's not too late. Go to rootsandjones.com and check out what they've got because if you really want to give dad something that is, I mean, just listen, beautifully handcrafted wooden pins made by a grandson and grandfather duo right here in Kentucky. It's local. Um, Ask them about their value pricing matching, okay? Ask them about that. Uh, but it's a perfect gift for dads, and it's a perfect gift for anybody, really, because if you want to impress somebody and you're kind of writing a check or you're writing a, you're signing a contract or something, you, you sign it with one of these, you're going to feel like a fucking CEO, okay? I promise you that. Their thing is that everybody has a story to tell. They just want to enable people to tell those stories. Let them help you do that. Go to rootsandjones.com, grab you one of those pins. Also, shout out to Four Roses Bourbon because y'all know I fucking love you, baby. All right, Uber stories. So let's start. This one's deep. This this one's really deep starting off, okay? Uh, But I picked up an old woman named Rosemary, okay? And she was working. She works in a nursing home, okay, over in southern Indiana. I took her home, uh, about a 15-minute ride, right? And she told me that she works and has worked in nursing homes for 20 years, almost 20 years. That's a long time, okay? And as she tells me that, the one thing that I'm thinking about is what is it like being there at the end of so many lives and watching people as they wind down? And I asked her that straight up, point blank, just like I asked, just like I put the question out there right there. And what she said was, you know, I just try to hold their hand and be gentle for them because that's what I would want. If, if it were my time and I'm in a nursing home, then I think that's what everybody wants. And the people that are in those nursing homes, that's what they want. They just want somebody to hold their hand and be there for them. 
And she said it was tough. You know, it's, it's really tough. 20 years, man. Think about it. She told me, I asked, what's the average time that somebody comes and spends in a nursing home? And she said, well, we, we, we'll keep them, you know, up to a year. And if, it's, if they live longer, then we keep them longer. I mean, there is no time limit. But the way she said that made me think, okay, so about a year. And I asked, so you're telling me a year's average, right? If somebody goes into a nursing home, um, certainly there are outliers, but a year is about average. And she said, yeah, okay. So think about over 20 years, you're spending a lot of time with people at the very end of their lives. Like these people are coming and, and they've got so many different stories and experiences to share. And here you are, you get to see them and share them at this. It's like a, that's a very intimate time of somebody's life, right? Um, and, I, and she said that, you know, she feels that it's not her place to, to be sad, right? She, she can be sad and privately if she wants to cry because she's gotten to know somebody and it's sad. I mean, people dying, that's, that's fucking sad, man, right? But she feels that it's important for her to be strong in those moments because it's really not her loss at the end of the day, right? It's the family's loss. It's the friend's who are losing a loved one. And they can be sad and they can cry. And when they're in the room and they watch someone go, they cry. But it's her responsibility, she feels, that she needs to be strong for them because that's not her loved one. Like, that's not her friend. And, it, and, and not to, you know, make that sound like cold or harsh, it's just she's trying to be respectful of the friends and family that are there and, and the people that actually know that person, love that person, are sad for that person. She has to be strong because, because of the fact that all those people in that room are looking at her, right? They're looking at her to be the leader and to be strong. And you need to be that for people sometimes. And whether it's by choice, right? Whether it's by designation um, or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, society needs those strong people who are willing to feel the eyes that are on them and step up and be strong. And I, I mean, I tip my cap to that. So that one was really good. And, and uh, these are like the, you know, if I get somebody like, I don't know, man, it's just, it, it, it's so random because a person can get in the car like Rosemary works at a nursing home. You know, what would you ask somebody that works at a nursing home? You know, that's where my mind goes is like, wow, um, you know, at the risk of sounding like a jerk here and being so blunt about it, you watch a lot of people die. What's that like? You're watching a lot of people transition and, and kind of cross over and you don't know these people, but like you are sharing this very um, specific point in their life, their end point. And what's that like? And I thought she answered that very well uh, and, and brought some great perspective to it. The next one I've got here was Karen. Karen was a bus driver for Greyhound, okay? And <laughs> the, reason that, the reason that this one was good was because, you know, you think of, like, there, there has been lately the rise of the Karens, right? Oh, my God. I go to social media, and that's all I see. It, Karen was trending for, like, three days in a row on Twitter, right? 
and Karen this, Karen that. There's all these videos of Karen. And when you think of Karen, uh, uh, the, the, the image that comes to my mind is like some triggered suburban mom bitching out the manager at a TJF Fridays, right? I mean, this is like, this is the image of Karen that we have. Probably shitty haircut. Uh, but, you know, mid 40, 50s white woman looking to speak to a manager. That's Karen. But I pick a Karen up, okay? And I can't, like, a lot of times when I get a ride request, if I'm going and dropping somebody off and one comes in, I just accept it, right? I don't really have time. I haven't had time because there's so few drivers that are out here driving right now. I've been slammed and I've been making good money and, and I've been meeting a lot of good people and getting a lot of good stories. And I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I, I go back and forth with like, it, oh my God, I'm a fucking driver. How do I feel about that? But I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I, I'm enjoying it and I'm good at this and people like me and uh, let's see where it goes. So, and hopefully you guys will like these stories and these podcasts and we'll get it to grow and we'll look back a year from now and be like, I don't know why I didn't do this any sooner. Okay. Um, because this is real talk and this is what we do, right? We, 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 we ask the hard hitting questions. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm wildly curious. And this is a great way to kind of scratch that itch. But Karen gets in the car, okay? And I don't see a picture of Karen because I just accept the ride. It comes in. I go, I'm going boom, 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 one place to the next. Karen gets in. I am totally expecting this, you know, a white lady, okay? She gets in. Not only is she black, but she's also from the UK. So she's speaking to me with an English accent. And she's a bus driver for Greyhound. And I, you know, we start talking and I say, how long have you been in the States? And she says, 12 years. And after, you know, a couple minutes of just kind of like, oh, how do you like it? You know, have you always lived in Kentucky? The yada, yada, yada. Uh, I said, okay, I, listen, I got to ask, your name, Karen. You've seen this big rise of the Karens. And she says, oh, my people in England think it's hilarious. They always send me screenshots and memes. How do you like my UK accent, by the way? Okay, I'm working on it, okay? Uh, and she's like, those entitled ladies that, and, and, and I'm just like, hey. And I said, hey, you're bringing it back. You're bringing it back. And she said, do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, I do, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's funny because I wouldn't, I, I was totally not expecting uh, the Karen that got in my car. <laughs> and, and, and here she is like, yeah, it, it kind of sucks. Like, it, it sucks, right? And I told her, listen, I, now that we've talked about this, you know, I, I, re- I feel okay saying this, but when I picked you up, I picked her up at an El Nopal. She was eating dinner, and I picked her up and took her to her hotel room, right? And I, I really wanted to pull straight up and off the rip, just be like, hey, how was dinner? Did you speak to the manager? <laughs> and just see what she said. But at the end, you know, after we'd had this discussion, I... I asked her that, and she was just laughing, and she's like, oh, it's, it's all bloody good, you know, and she got in her hotel room, and she went away, but uh, Karen was, uh, you know, you, you don't, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Uh, <laughs> I was totally expecting something else and uh, got a pleasant surprise, and, and I'm like, listen, a black chick from London, right, from England, I'm thinking, wow, the only Karens that I know and that social media knows are these white Karens that are asking to speak to managers. So like, how are you coping with that? She, and she, you know, she's like, listen, my, my friends are literally not letting me live this down. She, well, she, you know, they say, oh, they're literally, literally, right? 
Like they literally send me memes on WhatsApp every day. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's got to be tough, man. That's got to be tough. Uh, all right, next, Gloria. Okay, now listen, I-, I need to say something here. When appropriate, I will change names because I don't, listen, I'm not here to out anybody, okay? I'm not here to get anybody in trouble or anything like that or, I mean, really the main thing is just I'm, I'm not here to out anybody, okay? So if if I feel that somebody gets in the car that isn't like, you know, like if Rick Patino got in the car or something, I'd be like, hey, Rick Patino got in the car. Here's what we talked about, right? If it's a private person, then there's a, there, there's a degree of privacy that I feel like I have a right to maintain and uphold, okay? Now, if it's a Karen or if it's a Rosemary and somebody that, you know, who, who would care if I relay that conversation on to someone else, right? No one. And, and if they hear this, then they, they wouldn't give a shit, right? Uh, but there are going to be certain circumstances where I am told stories that I might have to change a name or two, certain details, A, so I avoid, you know, any possible litigation, uh, but B, you know, this is a smaller city. Eventually, the dream would be to take this you know, do this for like a year or two, create the blueprint, go and transplant into a bigger city, more people, more stories, more travelers. That's the goal, okay? Uh, Vegas would be fucking ideal. But in the city of Louisville, there's a chance that certain things and stories and elements of stories are identifiable, right? And so if I feel that someone is telling me something that somebody else might listen to and hear and be like, hey, this is a thousand percent this person, not just, oh, is this you? And then there's some plausible deniability. Then I will change a name. And for all intents and purposes, that's what I've done with this story. Because I was told this. I don't know how true this is. I have no reason to, to not believe this person. Um, but I, I'm just going to protect this person's identity by making sure that um, there's some plausible deniability here, okay? So, for all intents and purposes, uh, this woman's name was Gloria. Gloria and her friend get in the car, okay? And I pick them up somewhere over around the Dixie Highway area. And I was taking Gloria to the bank because she needed to get cash for something. And she said that her car had been stolen. We get to talk in and like, hey, what's going on? How was your week? And she said that her car was stolen. And I was like, oh, man, that really sucks. You know, I'm sorry to hear that. And she said, yeah, but I know who stole it. I got it back. He got what was coming. People don't West with me. I'm known. People know me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> how you doing, Gloria? People know you. Okay. So I was like, well, wait a second. Wait a second. You said you knew the guy? You know the guy that stole your car? And she said, yeah, he's kind of a big deal because of who his daddy is. So now I'm thinking, okay, well, who's his dad? And she says, Mike Lenning. <laughs> and I said, well, who is Mike Lenning? And she, I'm, I shit you not, she was offended. She was like, couldn't believe that I didn't know who Mike Lenning was. Because she thought her proximity to Mike Lenning and his son meant status. And she's talking about people know me and I'm like rolling my fucking eyes because I'm like, give me a fucking break, okay? Um... Maybe they do. I, I have no idea. Uh, but, it, it, you know, if I don't even know who the person that she's name dropping is, that's, that's probably not a great sign for 
her status, right? <laughs> okay, if it's any indication for what it's worth, right? Okay, enough. Um, apparently, I've never been there, obviously, uh, but it's a restaurant down in the south end of Louisville uh, over by Shively, right? And it's it, uh, apparently, it's a very popular restaurant, according to Gloria. Gloria was hyping this place up. Uh, best seafood, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I have a really hard time believing that the best seafood in Louisville is a place over in the Shively area, but that's, you know, what do I know? <laughs> okay, what do I know? I only lived in the Bay for three years and got really good seafood out there. But, you know, let me go ahead and trust the the Mike Lennings thing. Sure. Um, But she's like, yeah, his son is just a fucking idiot. And she's she's just flexing, dude. She's just flexing so hard like trying to impress me that she runs around um, with Mike Lennox's son. And, I, you know, when I was like, well, I don't know who that is. Who is that? Like, I don't even, I've never even heard of this restaurant. And she's like, well, it's one of the best in Louisville, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. You guys weigh in. You tell me at BennyTomp18, is Mike Lennox a good place? Uh, BennyTomp18 at gmail.com. Send me an email. Maybe it's good. I've, I have no idea, okay? Uh, maybe I should put it on my list. Or tell me not to. Hit me up. But I, uh, she kept she kept on name dropping his son, and she was so fucking arrogant about it. And she continues to tell me that this is how she got her car back. This dude, Mike Lenning's son, was the one that stole her car. Okay, steals her car and then blocks her on social media, thinking I don't know what the hell he's thinking. But somebody reaches out to her and says, hey, this dumbass has your car. This is why she's getting an Uber ride to the bank. She's going to wire money and get this car. I, I don't know if it was impounded or what the deal was, but she was on her way to pick it up, okay? And I dropped her off somewhere, and she was going to go, and, and, and like she was taking care of it that day, right? But here's what she told me in, in order to get it back. She said, here's how I set him up, and these are the parts where I'm talking to somebody, they're in the back seat, and this is the part where I'm just like, fuck yeah, here comes some good content, baby. Please tell me how you got your car back. She said, well, he's a whore. That boy will fuck anything that breathes. So knowing this, I had one of my girlfriends hit him up and act like she was down to fuck. And his dumb ass comes to pick her up with my car. He's driving my car to come and get her. But I had my friend getting picked up in the back of an alley. So when he pulls in, me and another friend of mine are waiting in our car, and we park behind him, blocking him in. The girl runs. He says, oh, fuck. And Gloria said they teed off on Mike Lennox's son with fists, bricks, and baseball bats. And that's how she got her fucking car back. How crazy is that? Like, first of all, how fucking stupid do you have to be to steal someone's car, someone that you know, and not only in the same city, like like Louisville's not that big of a city, right? But also, like, on the same side of town, you hang out with the same people. How dumb do you have to be to steal someone's car and block them on social media and think that you're never going to run into each other again. I asked her that question. You know what her response was? Mm, drugs. <laughs> and, and now that I think about it, 
That's about the only answer that I can think of as well. I had another guy in the car named Alan. Alan is a masseuse. And we get to talking, and I had literally, I had just been watching the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix right now, the four-parter. If you haven't seen it, uh, go watch it. It's, it's a tough watch. Obviously, fuck Jeffrey Epstein. Fuck everybody like Jeffrey Epstein. When you talk about evil in the world, that's, that's evil, dude. That's like, that's, I, I hope people like Jeffrey Epstein go to fucking hell, and it is not, not a good experience, right? But I watched this documentary on Netflix, and uh, a lot of the ways in which he would start to act up and act weird and assault women was under the guise of a massage, and he would expose himself and just be a weird fuck, okay? Um, But this man gets in the car, Alan, he's a masseuse, he tells me a masseuse, I'm like, hey man, what do you do? You know, we... That's that's generally generally most conversations when somebody gets in my car is how you doing, man? Or hey, how how are you doing? If it's a girl, I mean, I don't call everybody man, right? Sometimes I do, but <laughs> I'm like, how was your day? You know, how's your week going? Stuff like that. What do you do, right? And so Alan tells me he's a masseuse, and I I've literally just got done watching this Epstein documentary, and uh, I get really curious. Like the first question that pops into my mind, and I ask him, and I say. Listen, this is going to sound kind of weird, okay? So bear with me for a second. But being a masseuse, and maybe it doesn't happen as often because you're a male, I don't know, but has anybody ever exposed themselves to you or made you feel uncomfortable by coming on to you sexually during a session, right? Like, because who thinks to ask the male masseuse? Certainly the female masseuses probably have to deal with a bunch of fucking creeps and weirdos but who thinks to ask the male masseuse, right? I've got one in the back of seat. I'm going to ask. I'm just, I'm curious, right? And he says, well, you know, I, I don't really want to say expose themselves, but I had a guy one time, and he starts telling me this story, and that's, the, the, that's just the beginning of a great story. But this one time, right? I had a guy one time, he says, who thought he was going to get a lot more than what he was going to get. And he was very adamant about trying to get it. Uh, he said, I, I tried my hardest not to go with the flow, but I don't like to hurt anybody's feelings. But already, you know, when he gets there, his face is covered in acne and he's out of shape. I mean, he's, he's overweight. And he goes to take his shirt off. And my stomach starts turning because he had acne all over his back. I had to put gloves on. I was so grossed out, he says. And he was so obvious and about trying to get his message across because he basically just kept sticking his butt up in the air. And I had to just tell this guy, listen, I, I can't do it. I, I just, that's not what we bargained for. And he says, and I had to say this as well. The one thing about me is I try to be as real and upfront and honest as I can be um, because things happen in life to people a lot of times. I, I can't say I've been a great person all the time and I've had my flaws and those thoughts in my head like, oh, okay. Um, and, and this is where the subtext is reading, 
I've definitely jacked off a couple dudes here and there for money, okay? He, in so few words, he says that, right? But he says, you're not going to force me to do anything. If you come to me and you ask me, you can pretty much get anything you want because I'm probably going to say yes. But when you start trying to manipulate the situation, uh, then that's when I'm like, nah, I, I can't do that. And I said, well, listen, from the sound of things, it probably doesn't help, too, that he was ugly from how you've described him, right? Fat and full of acne on his back and you're wearing gloves because you don't want to touch the guy. I'm thinking of like some cartoonish like boils. I, I, oh, 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 fuck. Sorry, I know that was gross. But, um, he, 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 and he says, you know, and, and yeah, and like, I don't think that he was working with a full deck upstairs because when he left, um, you know, I said, I, I apologize, but I, I can't help you. But he literally tried to make another appointment with me using a different name. And when he came back and I opened the door, I was like, what are you doing? And he just, he had no shame. He's like, hey, I'm back. I know that's, you know, I know what you said, but I don't really think you meant it. And <laughs> Alan said, you know, maybe if he was cute, like we could work something out. But, you know, I, I'm all for letting people do what they need to do. But nah, man, I, I, I can't help you like that, you know. And again, whoever thinks to ask the male masseuse? <laughs> I don't know. I, you're probably wondering, like, where do you, like, like where, where, where do these thoughts come from? Like, where do these questions come from? I don't fucking know, okay? I don't fucking know. I just get curious, and I'm just, you know, and, and I think I've been told this before. I ask, and I, I'm, I, I, I generally, uh, I am a very sincere, genuine, earnest person. And when I'm talking to somebody, I, I just, you know, I'm just... I don't judge. I mean, I really don't. Like, I, you know, I might do voices and I might like uh, play it up when it's somebody from the South End and do a country accent or if they have a country accent, I'll do that. Or if they talk, if they talk a certain way, I'll, you know, I'll talk a certain way. Right. But like, I really, I don't judge. I don't judge the people that get in. Um, if they're a Jeffrey Epstein, I'll fucking judge them. Right. But, you know, if you get in and it's, it's just like, I'm, I'm not here to pass judgment. I'm just here to ask questions because I'm curious. That's it. That's it. And, and because of that, I, I think it, it, it lets people's guard down. And I end up getting stories like that where we're on a you know, 10 to 15 minute ride, seven or eight minute ride, however long it is. And here's a masseuse telling me about you know, denying Jack and dudes off. It's, it's <laughs> this, this is real talk. Okay. This is real talk. Now, you want to hear some real talk? I talked to a dead guy. No, I'm serious. He was dead for about seven or eight minutes. His name was Dakota. And he told me that he was in a car crash, a really bad one. And Dakota was pronounced dead on the scene. Like he flatlined and was done for seven or eight minutes, he said. But he said that they brought him back to life. Kind of a miracle, low key, right? Shout out to God. <laughs> but he was legit gone, he said. And he's telling me that. And I'm like, do you feel different? Like, like, do you feel different now being in your body than you did before the car accident? And he said, you know what, man? Yeah, I do. Like, I, I can't explain it. I don't know how to put it in words. I don't know how to make you understand it. But 
Because because honestly, I, I, I can't even, I don't even understand it. But I feel different. I feel different. Like other than sometimes things move a little bit slowly for me and I'll, I'll kind of have this fog in my head a little bit. Um, and I, I, I kind of, I walk through life now with this thought in the back of my mind, like you shouldn't be here, but yeah, man, it's different. Uh, like I can tell I've been dead. I don't really feel like me. <laughs> Deep, right? That's heavy, man. How can you tell you've been dead? I just like, and and obviously, you know, I there's so many other follow up questions to that, but you know, obviously, I I, I don't want to. If someone wants to continue talking about a, a subject like that, I'll certainly have that conversation. But, and I'm not saying that he was like couldn't wait to change the subject or anything like that. Uh, but I could tell it was a little bit um, uncomfortable for him, and I I didn't want to sit there and play 21 fucking questions about it. So, you know, I got what I needed and, and then, you know, moved out of that conversation topic and then on to the next one. Um, but that was, that was intense. I was like, holy shit, you were dead. And he's like, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Can't, don't know how to describe it, but I feel different. And then here's something else that I started doing recently. Um, I had a really good conversation with a guy named Ted. Ted was a chef and uh, picked him up over in the Highlands area and he was telling me about all the different places that he lived. He said he was living here right now due to COVID, but typically he lived in New York. Uh, he was here to visit his parents. He said that he had lived in New York for about 12 years. He said he had lived in St. John, uh, the island. He said he lived in Florida and a couple of different other places. And this is something that I've started to do recently just because, you know, no, no, no really, we're similar as human beings. But no two people are the same. I can ask you a question like the sky is blue and typically 99.99% of the time, unless someone's being an obtuse idiot, uh, I'm going to get the, the right answer, right? But if you ask someone a question to a subjective answer, right? How do you define success? You ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. And so in some of these uh, exchanges, uh, rides, I'll call them, right? I mean, that's what they are. I'll ask somebody, you know, we're having a conversation and um, maybe the conversation's starting to get a little stale or like it's, I'm like, okay, next topic. Uh, I'll ask them like a couple of these questions. Like, how do you define success? Um, and Ted, who was a chef and has lived all over, you know, the world really, um, was telling me that Here's how he defines success. What, what success means to him is um, it's the quality of your relationships. And I couldn't agree more. And I think that's why it resonated with me because, uh, and, and we talked about the fact that, you know, you can, you, like, so, dude, okay, I, I live in Prospect. I see, this is like the richest part of the state, right? And I see some of the most successful people. And you know what? I can tell and I know that they're not happy. Because that's the, money doesn't buy happiness. It buys you a bunch of toys and it buys you a bunch of shit, but you can't really buy happiness. And you really can't buy relationships either, right? You, you, just, you just, you can't. They, they've got to be genuine. They've got to be real. And if you don't have that, then, then what do you really got? I mean, to me, you got nothing, right? Uh, <laughs> you got nothing. Because the thing is, you can't take your possessions with you, right? You can have a really nice house, but guess what? You might move. You can't take your house with you. 
You might have this really nice car, but maybe your job makes you move to Europe. You're the VP of sales or something like that. You move to Europe and you can't bring your car with you. How are you going to get it? I mean, you got to put it on a, a big ship and ship it. That's probably expensive. Probably just end up buying a new car. Maybe it's something that you don't really like. Maybe you have a car with a company and you end up having to get rid of it because you leave that company and it's a company car, right? So you can't bury yourself and judge yourself based on you know what you have because ultimately you're not going to be able to take those things. And at the end of the day, when it's just you alone with your thoughts, what do you have? You've got memories, you've got experiences, and you've got the people that tell you that they love you and the people that you love. That's it, right? And so success to Ted and what I also think is a really, maybe not the only way to measure success, certainly not, right? But I think a big, big part of how I define success and how Ted defines success is very similar. You know, you can have all the money in the world and you can still be a lonely prick, man. It's, it's <laughs> money doesn't solve your problems, right? Mo money, mo problems. My man Biggie said that in the 90s and it still rings true today. Um, but if you can have really strong relationships and people to do things with, people to call up at, at the drop of a hat and, and, and go to the gorge or uh, go take an impromptu trip across the United States, right? Those are the things that last a lifetime, not the kind of car you're driving and um, the, the watch that you're wearing. And uh, yeah, that, that stuff is certainly status symbols are certainly how some people measure success. But if you don't have friends and family, then, or, or at least your tribe, people that you consider to be family, what do you really got? What do you really got? You know, a lot of the conversations that I've been having also have revolved around uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, a lot has been around COVID. And certainly when, when people get in the car, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of what we're all talking about here, right? And so I did a lot on the Black Lives Matter movement on a couple podcasts ago. And I'm still having those conversations with people who get in. And, you know, we're just, <laughs> listen waiting on the damn world to change, and not just waiting, but trying to actively be the change in the world, right? It's an exhausting task, let me tell you, okay? But the, you know, you're welcome, okay? Okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting there, but uh, not really. Uh, here, here's the thing, is um, I had one guy, like most, most of those conversations are pretty good, you know? Most of those conversations are pretty good. And if I can tell that I'm not going to like if someone isn't agreeable to the things that like is being discussed, and most of the time it, it it is, you know, people that I'm agreeing with and that are agreeing with me, and we're just kind of talking about the, everything that's going on. Um, but there certainly are dissenting opinions and voices, which are always welcome, of course, right? And one of those came from a dude named Mike, who was from Boston, and my uh, Mike was in town for business. I was taking him to the gym. And we got to talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and, and specifically like the protests. And uh, he's looking around at the city of Louisville going, damn, they have really fucked up your city, dude. And there haven't really been many protests or riots in Boston. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, because Boston's racist as shit. What are you talking about? And then he said that, you know, he felt for the store owners and the people in Louisville and like certainly... Listen, I do too, okay? 
it's not cool. Uh, it sucks. Uh, I'm, I'm not here to tell anybody that they have um, the, a certain like <sighs> script to follow when you're going to start a revolution, okay? It, things are going to get violent. Dishes are going to get broken every once in a while, okay? Um, but he was saying, if I was one of those store owners, he said that he would be up on a roof with a shotgun. Yikes, <laughs> okay? I switched subjects after that because I, I really... Uh, didn't really want to hear the rest of Mike's takes on the Black Lives Matter movement. I spoke with, uh, speaking of COVID, I, I spoke with a couple people who are, um, like, uh, because of, of the effect, like I was just touching on with businesses, right? Small businesses, they've been closed down, not only the ones downtown that have been boarded up the last couple weeks with everything going on, um, but also for the last couple months with the COVID-19 situation, right? And I met a woman named Tina, and Tina is a controller for three hotels. And one of them uh, is 21C, the, the famous art and uh, you know, art museum slash hotel downtown, right? And she told me that she was a controller. I said, what, what's a controller do? And she said, that's what they call the finance person. She handles the finances. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, well, with hotels being closed... Like, how crazy are the numbers that you're looking at right now? Uh, has it ever been this bad before? And Tina told me no. Not in the 30 years, not in 30 years has she ever seen it this bad. And I asked, well, how big of a difference is it between not having Derby uh, just for your hotel? Like, just for you in your hotel going from, okay, we have Derby this year to now we don't have Derby. What does that do to your fiscal year? And she said, millions. We can do a million in three days during that week. That week, we bring in millions. Um, but if you take away the Derby and you take away that first week in May, right, that first Saturday in May and everything leading up to it, that one week, that is how you make or break your year, okay, at least for her in 21C. And... We just, you know, also talked about how everything had to be boarded up because of the protesters. So that was tough. And she was saying that she hopes to have things open back up in July. Um, but it's not her decision, obviously. And, you know, you just, she was telling me that she feels like this, the, the, the effect that COVID's having on businesses is really tough uh, because a lot of people just got caught overextended, you know. Up until this point, the economy had been really good. Things were, things were smoking, right? Things were really good. And then this hits, and it's almost like, um, like in, I, I reference this movie all the time, but the big short. It's called The Hot Hand Fallacy, okay? And Richard Thaler and Selena Gomez are at the craps table, or, or they're at the blackjack table, and, and they're talking about the hot hand fallacy. And basically, it's this principle that um, you, you, you never expect bad things to happen a dealer is hot, and so, or a basketball player is hitting a bunch of shots, so you just keep betting double down, double down, double down every time, not expecting the person to miss or the cards to go bust 21, right? But eventually it does, and you're caught with your pants around your ankles. You're, you're kind of getting fucked, okay? And that's what happened to a lot of businesses with the COVID situation uh, here in Louisville and, and certainly all over the country and, and certainly for all over the world for that matter. But she was saying that because the economy was so good, 
people are borrowing money, people are, you know, mortgaging all this stuff, and then COVID happens and boom, just like that, everybody's caught off guard, everybody's overextended, um, and, and so this is just kind of a weird time. Um, uh, but for her and all the local businesses here and abroad, I hope that things can bounce back quickly because, you know, you get somebody in your car like that that's, that's talking about the effect it's had on their business. Um, and certainly like the next guy, um, another guy that I picked up <laughs> uh, from Senior Iguanas over in Southern Indiana, uh, who's telling me that they've had seven or eight locations and they've all had to close, obviously. Um, but three of them have closed permanently and are not going to reopen. And so you think three restaurant locations, that's three staffs, that's three cooks, right? Or like kitchen staffs, that's three, you know, busboy shifts. That's the manager there. That's like all these people. And now it's like, well, now it's like, um, where, where do they go? Where do they go? Three of them, right? And it's going to, there's, there's a lot more. It's just, it's just kind of like the unfortunate reality of it all. Um, but, you know, meeting people like that, it's been interesting to, to hear how has is, how is COVID affected your business. And when people get in and they tell me, yeah, I, I manage uh, a couple of senior iguanas or I'm a controller for three hotels, one of them uh, being 21C, then I'm very curious, how has it been for your business? And when they're telling me things like that, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, that's like a, a real kind of reality here. So hopefully um, everybody will be able to bounce back eventually and we'll, we'll get this thing, you know, listen, we'll, we'll get back to some prosperous days, my friends. Just stay patient, stay optimistic, and we'll get through this, okay? It's very rare that I have children in the car. It's very rare, right? Because obviously children aren't ordering their own Ubers. Um, certainly not even like, uh, I mean, I rarely get teenagers in the car, okay? Um, but when I do get children in the car, they tend to be young children. They tend to be very funny. And obviously they're with like a parent or an older aunt in this case uh, because uh, it, it's only happened twice, but both times the little kids are, are just acting wild. And I, listen, I am a little kid, okay? I'm, I'm 28 years old, but I am still uh, a very much big kid, okay? And so when kids are acting, I can't help but kind of laugh and, and kind of just like, I don't know, it just gives me energy, man. It really just does, okay? Um, but one of, one of the kids that was sitting back there gets in and he just kept on calling me, man, hey, man, man. And I'd be like, what's up, man? And he, he told me to call him Baby Phil, okay? He's probably like, <laughs> like three, four. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible judge of how old kids are, okay? Um, but he's, he's young, dude. He's, he's, he's a legit baby. He's walking and everything like that, right? Wearing toddler clothes. But he's, he's, he's a little guy. But he's like, man, man, call me Baby Phil. <laughs> I said, Baby Phil, what's up, man? And he's like, He's asking his his aunt just a million questions, right? A million questions. Is why, why, why? And she said, "Ooh, child, you lucky I got this seatbelt on." And he keeps asking her all these questions, and he goes, "Man, man, what's that?" And he points to the screen in the back of the seat, right? I've got these monitors in the back seat that tell you what song is playing, or if I'm listening to the radio or whatever, it's it shows you. Like the display, I've got two TV monitors in the back seats of the car, and 
he he's like touching it. They're not touchscreen. Everybody always thinks they're touchscreen. That would kind of be cool, but then again, people would be able to mess with my stuff, and I like the fact that I listen. It's my car. I control. Uh, I've never had any complaints on the songs that I'm playing or anything like that. So, um, <laughs> but but I you know if everybody could be back there just like pressing buttons, that that gets annoying. Okay, and so luckily that's not the case. But he's touching the screen, and she's like <laughs> looking at him, and she's going, "Oh, you better stop before you get whooped." And he's he's sitting there, okay, and he crosses his arms and he's like, huh. And I look back in the rear view mirror and he's just sitting there like upper lip or, or under lip like kind of poked out. He looks pissed, right? He looks so pissed. And he goes to try to touch it and I was like, you better listen to her. And, and he goes, man, man, no one ever respects me. <laughs> and me and his, me and his aunt, we just lost it, man. He's like three years old. He's like, listen, buddy, get used to it, okay? That's life, all right? And she's like, listen, if you touch that screen again, I'm going to pop your head. And she 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 actually hit him in the head. She goes, don't touch it or I'm going to pop your head. And, and he goes, nah. And she goes, hey, say, say nah one more time. He says, say nah one more time. I said, And I, I'm sitting up there. I'm like, you better listen. You better listen to her. I don't think she's playing around. And he's just sitting there so mad. And, and so I'm like, he's so mad. And we were just laughing and laughing. And Oh, kids, man. Kids. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's it's rare that I get kids in the car just because um, a lot of, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just a rare thing. Just a rare thing. Um, Here's, <laughs> all right, now listen. Now, I, I said that I don't judge anybody that gets in the car, okay? If you smell bad, I might judge you. I mean, wow, that person needs to take a shower or learn some fucking hygiene, okay? Uh, but, you know, if you tell me that you do something, if you work construction, I, 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 that's just the way that I've been raised. Um, I was always taught that you should respect the CEO and the janitor exactly the same, right? And so I talk to people. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who they are. I'm going to talk to them exactly the same because I'm, I'm, I'm a real-ass dude. That's what we do. Real talk, baby. Okay. Um, but I'll say this. Sometimes, like, y- you can certainly make assumptions about somebody. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm judging them with malice or like thinking any less of them. I, I, I'm really not. Okay. Um, and, and the next story goes and highlights that, I, I think. Um, because I picked up a prostitute. Now listen. Now listen. Okay. And then it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be what it sounds like, okay? It doesn't seem to be what it sounds like. I picked up this woman from over in the Dixie Highway area, and she gets in, and, you know, she's tatted, very skinny, wearing, you know, tattered clothes, and I'm thinking, okay, reeks of cigarette smells. But, like, to me, you know, yes, these are judgments, okay? I'm, I'm judging her a little bit by, may, by like, uh, but to me, I'm, like, analyzing. I call that analyzing, okay? Uh, and I'm not treating her any different. Like I'm having a conversation with her exactly the same as everybody else. I don't think any less of her as a person, but I did jump to this conclusion because I'm, I'm pretty sure that she was a prostitute because she was, she was telling me kind of what she did for work, but she wouldn't really tell me exactly what she did for work. Basically, she just told me that she had clients and she takes a holistic approach. And I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, um, are you a masseuse? No, not really. Um, 
And then I'm like, you know, sometimes when people get in and they put an address in, it'll take them to, uh, like, it'll sometimes it'll show up, like, if you're going to Denny's or something, it'll show up as Denny's in the app. Other times, it'll just be an address. And I asked her, hey, we're on, like, um, you know, Dixie Highway, and it's just an address. And I'm like, hey, where are you actually going? Because I'm just seeing an address here. Like, is this, is this, uh, you know, a, a business or like, where are we going here? Because um, I, because I need to know like what I should be looking for on the right side of the road to be turning into, right? Because sometimes you know, it's 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 tough to see the addresses from far away. Okay, um, but she was like really, really, uh, she was just like store, store. That's it. I was like, hey, where are you going? I don't really know where this store. I'm like, okay. Great. That's helpful. Okay. Uh, but I ended up dropping her off. And when I dropped her off, um, there were a few businesses that were right next to each other, but I kind of hung around for maybe 30 seconds after she had got out of the car just to see, cause I was curious and she got into a Cirilla's and I go, okay, uh, listen, I am not judging what this person does. I think prostitutes and sex workers should be granted rights and protected. I think it's wrong to prosecute them for uh, the actions of their johns. They've got a product and a service that they're selling. I think it should be legalized. I'm much more, um, you know, kind of liberal or out there on that take. Uh, but I think that sex workers should be protected, and and certainly um, sex worker violence is a real thing. I can I, 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 I truly believe like everything that I just said. And I don't think any less of somebody if like get it how you live it. If if you've got uh you know a body that you can sell, then fine. Go ahead. Go for it, right? I'm not gonna marry you, but like go for it. Um but but I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure uh she was a prostitute. And let's just say I, I, I wouldn't I I would not. I would not have, okay? I would not have. Um, wrapping up here. Okay. Wrapping up here. I had, uh, you know, I get a lot of truck drivers. Um, one of them was named Bogshan. Okay. Uh, Indian guy. And I asked him, what's the weirdest thing you've ever shipped? Like you're, you're picking up loads and you're transiting these things all over the country. What's the weirdest thing you've ever shipped or, or, or the coolest thing? Like I, I like to, you know, I don't know. I mean, think about how many trucks you see on the road. You have no idea what's in them, right? And so he told me that the that not really the weirdest thing, but the coolest thing that he had ever shipped were the brooms uh, for Harry Potter. He said that he took the brooms out to whatever studios it was, right, wherever in in uh, uh, in in Hollywood or whatever. Um, but he went to the lot, and that was what he was delivering was the brooms for Harry Potter. And he was saying that. Uh, he was explaining to me that those brooms that we see in the movies, right, the the, the Nimbus 5000 or whatever the, the, the hell Harry rides on, um, those are actually a roller coaster. And that's in, it's invisible to the camera, but that's what they're on when they're flying on the broomsticks in the Harry Potter movies. They're, they're roller coasters. You just can't see them, right? They put the green screen, whatever stuff on. I don't know how it works. But uh, anytime you watch a Harry Potter movie, just know that that broomstick is actually like a roller coaster. And I thought that was really interesting because he was like, yeah, I watched him put it all together. 
I mean, I, I shipped out all the parts and the brooms, of course. That was really cool. I got to touch the broom that Harry Potter used in the movies, and he was a big Harry Potter fan, so he thought that was just fucking awesome, right? And, and it kind of is awesome, and that's pretty awesome, right? Um, but he's like, yeah, I watched him put it all together, and I, I watched those movies now with my kids, and I'm like, hey, I, that, I, I, I got those there. Like, those would not have been there without me. Maybe they would have, but, you know, I, I get his point, okay? I get his point. Let the people have, let the people have, you know, I'm going to let the man have it, okay? I'm going to let the man live. A uh, couple other one-liners here, okay? Um, I had, because <laughs> sometimes, like, and, and you got to understand, too, uh, these, these stories are the collection of about two weeks, really two weeks, since I've, I've shared some of the last Uber stories, right? Um, and in that two-week span, I've done about, I don't know, 60 rides probably, s- somewhere around there, 60 to 70 rides. And, I, you know, I, I don't know how many I just rattled off, like maybe um, 10 or 11 thus far. I don't know. Um, but, like, it's not every ride is memorable. Not everybody wants to talk. Like, I, I, I you know, I feel like, um, it's important to point that out because some people are just morons and they'll be like, well, what if I get in? I don't want to talk. Oh, fine. Maybe I don't want to talk to you, buddy. All right. Chill out back there. Um, but like, you know, it, it takes a, a while to get the stories that you want, right? To come up with some good content because you just, you know, there's, there's rides that are throwaways. You just don't talk, whatever. There's also rides that come along and it's just not necessarily a great story, right? But, there, there might be a good one-liner or quote that these people give, and then you're like, wow, that was, <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I like that one, okay? One of those happens to be Patrice, okay? I dropped these two chicks off somewhere, okay? I, I, can't, I can't remember. I was, just t- I was taking them to, like, their home or whatever, uh, and they had been, like, kind of flirty with me. There's two of them, okay? And, and I'm just a naturally flirty person, okay? But they're in the car, and I pull out. <laughs> Okay, uh, chill, chill, Jesus. Um, I pull up, and I'm helping them with their groceries because they had I had picked them up from the grocery store. I was taking them home, so my trunk is filled with their groceries. I'm like, hey, I I don't mind helping you. Like, if it's you know, if I'm talking to somebody and and they're nice, like, and they, and they have a bag or something like that, like I'll help them. You know, I'll get out, I'll open the trunk. Uh, if they want help and they need help carrying their groceries up the steps or whatever, like I'll do it. All right. Because I'm a stand-up guy. I'm a stand-up guy. If you're a dick, you're not going to get that service, okay? Not everybody gets the five-star service, right? But I get out, and I'm helping them with their groceries. And as soon as we pull up, like two other women walk out. And these, like I said, Patrice and, and her friend that was in the car, they're, and they're probably like mid-30s or, you know, maybe approaching 40. Just how I like them, baby, okay? Uh, chill. <laughs> uh... <laughs> They, the, the door opens and two more you know, middle-aged women walk out and I'm, I'm looking and I, and I said, oh shit, I don't walked up in the den. And they both just started laughing. They just lost it. And it's just one of those moments where I'm thinking, man, if my friends could only see me right now, they would shake their heads and be like, this motherfucker, this motherfucker. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. Uh and then all right, last little one-liner here. I picked up a dude who uh worked at a beat-ups, okay? 
He worked as a cook. And uh, you probably don't know this about me, but like summer jobs when I was in college, I came home and my first couple jobs ever was um, one summer I worked as a cook at Buffalo Wild Wings and another summer I worked as a waiter at Buffalo Wild Wings. And I always tell people this. I enjoyed being in the back of the kitchen and chopping it up with those dudes way more than I enjoyed like the the petty competitions between servers because every server thinks that they're a stand-up comedian or they're a beauty pageant queen. I mean, it's just like, and they have these big egos and these in, inflated sense of egos and it's just like, it can get stupid petty and, oh, they stole my tips, they stole my table, blah, blah, blah. They Oh, the, the, the lady seating them likes them more, whatever. It's just it's dumb, right? And I'm like, I'm not with that bullshit. I had a much better time chopping it up with the dudes in the kitchen just booling the whole day uh, rather than being out there. And then, and then you know, the service industry thing, like I know technically now as a driver for Uber, I work in the service industry. It's a little bit different when you're doing food, I think. And uh, people just are, are just, they're way tougher to please when they're sitting down. Because think, think how many people of these people are like hangry when you're trying to service them. Does that sound like an ideal client? Hangry is like the worst possible thing that you can be if you're trying to make a good impression uh, upon like a, a client. And if they're hangry, they're probably not going to like you because they're just like, give me the food and get the fuck out of the way. Okay. That's how, that's how it is. So I, I liked being in the, sh- in the, in the kitchen way more. Right. But I'm talking to this guy who's a, who's a cook at B-Dubs and he can relate. And if you're a kitchen person, then you can relate too. Is if you've ever, if you've ever worked in the kitchen, you know, that there are stations in the kitchen. At least this is the way that Buffalo Wild Wings was set up. Uh, and <laughs> there is the grill master, okay? In, in Buffalo Wild Wings, they've got a couple different stations. There's the shake station, where it's literally just somebody's job to shake the wings in the sauces. They've got the deep fryer person who's just dropping french fries and onion rings and all kinds of stuff the whole time, okay? You've got the person that is working like kind of the sandwich station and the flatbreads. You've got the person that's really calling the shots in the window and making sure that the tickets are ready to go and and plating all the food and stuff like that. But then there's the grill master. And the grill master is the single biggest ego. If you walk into any restaurant, the person that's on the grill is the singest biggest dickhead in the joint. Probably nine times out of ten. Because they they just they think they think that they're convinced that no one else can cook for shit and they're literally the only person that knows how to grill a burger or a hot dog. At least this is my experience at Buffalo Wild Wings. Probably very different at, at, at nicer restaurants. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. I mean, I don't really watch Top Chef that much, but I've seen that dude Gordon Ramsay lose his shit. You, okay, so like listen, I, I'm not a prick talking out of my ass here. I know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh but the one liner award goes to this dude. Uh, because as we're talking and we're just kind of laughing about the grill masters, <laughs> he said, yeah, I'll be telling him, shut up, little boy. Go flip your little crabby patties. <laughs> <gasps> Fucking 10 out of 10, my friend. 10 out of 10. Um, that's like, you know, so <laughs> other, other, other shit that I've seen. Um, you know, I'm driving a lot. I've seen a couple of really bad car accidents. Um, a couple that have looked like they just happened. I've seen three. I've seen three. Uh, but but I've seen it like downtown, middle of intersections, 
before cops have really kind of shown up um, and like an ambulance is on the scene, but you can tell it like just happened. Uh, I, I've seen that and that's kind of been a little bit jarring. And um, I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes I am downtown a lot. I, I, I saw a couple of bums like fighting on, on the side of the road and, and uh, that was uh, a bit interesting. Uh, while there's no live sports, I was thinking, hey, maybe this is a thing, blocker charge here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's about it, man. That's about it. I, uh, again, thank you to everybody that reached out and wished me a happy birthday and, and sent me a note or called me, um, really means a lot. I mean, seriously, I, looking at that stuff that, uh, you really make a fella know how loved and appreciated he is. Okay. And I, and I fucking love you guys for that. Um, I have, uh, I'm leaving on Sunday to go out of town, but I've got the replayables T-Pain's epiphany. Um, that I'm going to be dropping next Thursday, right? This is on a Thursday. These will be on Thursdays moving forward. So I've got that. And then after probably, um, you know, a, another couple of weeks, like I'll, I'll do one more of these Uber stories and maybe kind of stagger it, like have, have you know, go a couple of weeks and then have an Uber stories podcast um, and then... I, I'm going to be working on, I know I keep saying this and I, and I know I, I haven't really lined anything up yet. And to be honest, I'm just like, I'm just kind of anxious a little bit about it. Right. Cause I have reached out to a few different people and they've kindly politely declined to come on. And I'm talking about like world renowned authors and people that I think are really fascinating. And maybe I'm shooting out of my league a little bit, but Hey, shoot for the stars. Okay. Um, but like also getting the Zoom thing set up and recording and you just don't want to look like a fucking noob in front of somebody that you've asked to set aside time to record with you. And then you're like, hey, wait a second. Uh, I don't know why this isn't recording. Like I have no clue what I'm doing. And so um, I, I just need to get over that. Um, but this will be this will be what it is. And like in addition to this, like if you like this, please rate, review, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. I'm on social media, Twitter and Instagram at BennyTomp18. Follow along. If you live in the city of Louisville, hopefully sometime, you know, we'll share a ride together and, and you can tell me whatever you want. You know, you can tell me whatever you want. And if it's confidential and, and if it's like something that you might be able to be traced back to you, like I'll change your name. I'm not here to out anybody, okay? That's the most important thing. Um, but that combined with the interviews, combined with Eventually, like, I'll still do sports. Like, and obviously, when college football, if college football comes back, then we're going to have college football content, and, and that'll be great. Um, but I think, I think this is the move. I, I think this is the move, and I'm leaning into it, and I'm just going to fucking go for it, man. And in a year from now, um, I, I hope that it'll take it off. And like I said, I'll look back and, and think, wow, I, I can't believe <laughs> for a year I was convinced that to feel in order to feel legit, I had to be at, at this small radio station in order to feel like, you know, not be ashamed of the fact that I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a podcast and, um, it's, it's this and it's this. And, but I, I feel good about it and I feel really good about, um, you know, I feel really good about being the last person that somebody sees before they go to work. And I tell them, Hey, have a good day at work, you know? And then they go in. Um, I feel good about being that, that positive interaction that they have right before they go do whatever they're going to do. Okay. I'm like, uh, I'm like Snow White, right? I mend these little birds. They get into my car and we talk and then they, I release them back into the wild, hopefully 
um, a little better than than they than they got in. So that's always the goal, um, and obviously entertaining stories, great content. So that's all I got. I'm back next week. I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. I am Ben Tompkins. That's real talk. <laughs>